0: Are you dealing with water, mold, or fire damage? Looking for a reputable, fully licensed, insured, and certified contractor? Water Cleanup of Florida is here for you 24 hours a day. When a disaster strikes in your home or business, you need specialized, fast, and reliable services. Water Cleanup of Florida understands the impact and stress an unexpected disaster may cause. With over 62 years of combined experience, Michael, Robert, and Eric and their team is prepared to handle any size disaster. The guys are born and raised in South Florida, so changing the narrative on the way contractors conduct business in South Florida is extremely important to them. Their objective is to make cleanup and insurance claim process painless and hassle free. Water Cleanup of Florida is also a licensed building contractor, so they provide the A to Z service, one stop shopping that busy homeowners and business owners require. There's no need to bring in other contractors, they will handle it all for you. Call or text them anytime at 561. 561- 408 7835 for immediate assistance. The number again 561 408 7835. Water Cleanup of Florida. This show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a revolutionary new daily fantasy game whereby you pick two, three, or four players to go over or under their fantasy point projections, and if you're correct, you win. Pick two or more players from the same sport or league or go cross leagues for your parlay. Use the promo code FIVE, that's F-I-V-E, FIVE, and receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. But first, sign up at prizepicks.com to start winning today. Sports betting season is in full force. You need a sportsbook with integrity and longevity like BetUS. You may already know this, but BetUS has been pioneers in the sportsbook industry for almost three decades, thriving and paying their loyal customer base. That is BetUS.com. They have loads of bonuses. Join now or call 800-69-BETUS. That is 800-MY-BETUS. And you will receive a 125% sign-up bonus by using the bonus code 5. That's the word 5, F-I-V-E. They also have re-up and referral bonuses as well. Follow my lead and open an account with BetUS. You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS. This show is brought to you by Lewis Peters State Farm, agency representing the number one auto and home insurer in the United States for more than 60 years combined experience in the insurance industry. Local agents that understand South Florida's unique market, you have access to them 24-7, walk in, call in, click in through lewispeters.com. You can find them online on social media at SFAgentPeters or you can call at 305-275-5585. Remember, lewispeters.com.
1: Welcome to Three Yards Per Carry, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon.
0: And we're on, and welcome to another edition of Three Yards Per Carry. This one's previewing Dolphins Titans, biggest game in three years. I'm Alfredo Arteaga. Simon Clancy is not here because in his words, he's getting pissed at this moment. We'll, we'll get and he's not, that. he's
1: not angry. He's just no. drunk.
0: Yeah. He's getting drunk at this, at this particular moment. And you just heard Chris Kaufman as promised. We promised we would have Chris Kaufman on the show on Tuesday and here he is. Hello, Chris. Hi. <laughs> All right. I, I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm fine. I had some, I had
1: some Twitter followers being like, Hey man, haven't heard from you a bit you okay
0: <laughs> <laughs> you have the little static again right behind you
1: yeah uh, yeah i'm i'm staticky i'm covidy like you know i don't have covid actually my whole family has covid um but uh nice. you know yeah, holidays being what they are so
0: it wouldn't be the holidays without covid
1: yeah definitely it's becoming a nice covid christmas thing <laughs>
0: All right, at the top of the show, let's let's talk about this. Zach Thomas has been selected as a finalist for the Hall of Fame class of 2022. I'm going to read off the finalist, and you tell me at the end, is he getting in or not? Jared Allen, that one seems like kind of lockish, doesn't he? Sam is that- Mills.
1: Is this, is this Jared Allen? This can't be Jared Allen's first year, though, first year of uh, eligibility.
0: Uh, it could be the first year he's a finalist.
1: It'll be the first year he's a finalist.
0: Mm-hmm. Willie Anderson, nice tackle, but he never really struck me as Hall of Fame material. Richard Seymour, Ronde Barber, Tony Baselli. Tony Boselli is one of the best left tackles I've ever seen. Uh, he just had a shorter career. DeMarcus Square has to be a lock. Guy see,
1: that's guy a that's a lock, and that's like this has to be the first year that he's he's available for us Yes, it. he's eligible.
0: And then uh, here's another lock in my opinion: Reggie Wayne, Reggie Wayne.
1: Yeah, Probably I think that's, um, that's, um, pretty, that's yeah. pretty
0: pretty good. Uh, Leroy Butler is an interesting name. Uh, Devin Hester is an interesting name in that he is kind of a specialist. He'll be the first. I'm pretty certain there are no kick returners and punt returns in, in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. All of them have to have played something else like Deion Sanders. So Devin Hester getting in will be something else. Torrey Holt and Andre Johnson. It's a great wide receiver class. Tory Holt eventually get, uh, deserves to be in. Andre Johnson should probably get in first time. Bryant Young and Patrick Willis. Patrick Willis very short career, a pile of Pro Bowls. Does mm-hmm. he get in this year?
1: Uh, it feels it feels like um, it feels like he was always going to get in. It was just a matter of. Uh, it was just a matter of making him work his way into being a finalist, you know, multiple times. Um, And, you know, I, I, have got this feeling that this is the year, but it's also, it also could be this thing where it's like um, just one more year or something like that, you know? And, And I think, I think that, I think he's on the cusp of getting in and it's gotta be either this year or next year.
0: Yeah, I, I would say this is the year. Uh, how many guys are they going to get in? What did they get in last year? Seven. I looked this list over. There's some guys here that can wait. I think Zach Thomas gets in. There's no way they can justify no, not putting him in. Like, uh, like what's what's the alternative? You know, I, I don't think Patrick Willis is a first-time, you know, first ballot Hall of Famer. So No,
1: you know, that's, that's – so what are they? They can do eight? Right? Is that right?
0: I believe they can do eight, but they can do seven. I think is is how it works. Yeah. So I mean, I
1: just I, I don't see. I mean the the wide receivers though is that's really strong to go with. Uh, yes. You know, Tory Holt, Andre Johnson, and uh, Reggie Wayne all all available. Mm-hmm. You wonder if they'll they'll do three wide receivers though in in one year. Um, and. I, I certainly would make the case for all three of those, but um, yep. for those guys, but, uh, but yeah, you wonder if they'll do three wide receivers. So that could be, that could be working in his favor, really. Um, that there's the, some of the quality names here are, there's, there's happen to be three at that one position and, and maybe they'll just say, you know, Hey, we're just going to do two of those.
0: I'd love to get your your opinion on, on Tony Buscelli. Um because Tony Baselli is, He's a Hall of Famer, if you believe the tape guys, okay? Because there's no way you can justify a man who played seven seasons and really only played six seasons. Because his seventh season, he spent it on IR the entire year. And made four Pro Bowls, but you kind of know. Well, he made five Pro Bowls, really. He was four-time All-Pro. But you kind of know, this is the best left tackle we've seen forever, but six seasons? six is that enough
1: i'm i'm not no i mean it's it's not for me uh and Uh i've i've made my i've made my opinion on this known in the past too um particularly on Baselli, it's not for me i mean i don't think you know hall of fame it's, it's about impact on the game and um you know being I mean, he is—he is a name. He did become a name in that short, short amount of time, and that's that's great. But I, I just don't. Yeah, I, I don't see the impact on the game, the the long term fixture. I, I think there's a longevity aspect of being a Hall of Famer. Um, you know, you're an icon of, the, of of the NFL for a decade. Uh, that's that's kind of, that's kind of what it is to me. And and so like. But but think of all the others that it opens the opens the way for if Tony if Tony Baselli is is there because of six six good seasons you know um, you know I can make the case that certainly that that Cameron Wake uh, for had had a six season stretch or something like that 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 makes him Hall of Fame worthy right. Mm-hmm. Um, he was playing at that level. He's never gonna get there. Uh, and that's that's fine. Um, but you know, you know, it it opens up, it really would open up for a lot of players. And I and everybody always says I, I think the the argument is always Lynn Swan, right? Like he didn't have a yeah. very I mean, Gale he didn't have, Yeah, he didn't have that many years and he and and he wasn't even really if you look at it, he wasn't even really all that productive. Um well at least compared to now yeah what we see now but um yeah I just don't see it. it's not for me it's not for me the six year six years of uh, of Tony Baselli. I, I just don't think he really had that sort of impact on the game
0: yeah it's it's one of those things uh, by the way don't don't let Pete Prisco hear it or he'll stab you because yeah
1: that's fine
0: he's Tony vaselli's biggest advocate every single year he goes on his spiel of he's the best left tackle he's ever seen well he's the best left tackle I've ever seen he's he's great six seasons man six seasons yeah. is like you know it's a piss in the wind man
1: <laughs> well you know and and also I mean I, I, I guess it's it's parsing things but I mean you know Jonathan Ogden was a really f- effing good left tackle at the same yes. time and i i don't you know there's people like oh he's he's definitely the best left tackle. well no i i don't even know that he was i mean he was certainly in that conversation always right during yeah, those six all oh, those are six years but um but yeah. you know jonathan ogden was also well, it's the, like it's a, the
0: greatest era uh, uh, yeah. jonathan ogden's from the greatest era of left tackles think about all the guys that played that were contemporaries of his and that are mm. now in the hall of fame yeah have- walter jones Walter Jones, you have Adam Pace, uh, uh, Pace. Orlando Pace, Orlando Orlando Pace. Pace. Uh, you have um, uh, Willie Rofe, Willie Rofe. That's right. OK, and then, you have, of course, you have Jonathan Ogden and, you know, you're talking about what a group. It's like all sure. of these guys, you looked at them and when they were done, when they stepped off the field for the last time, you look at the, you looked at them and you said, OK, those are those are Hall of Famers. There's no doubt about it. Those guys are Hall of Famers. Tony Paselli is a guy that when you watched them play, you were like, Yeah, that guy's one of the best left tackles in football, if not the best left tackle in football. But man, six for, years. for the for the years that he was there. You yeah. Know? <laughs> but man, six years. Like, really, we're gonna start putting people in the hall of fame for six seasons.
1: Yeah, I mean, Ogden Ogden played for 12 years. I mean <laughs>
0: and Walter Jones, and, and, like 15, right? Or something yeah, like that.
1: I mean, uh, I don't know. It's, it, again, it's just not for me, but um, you know, we'll, we'll see how they. Of, we'll see how they grade it. You know,
0: which reminds me of a conversation I have with Bryant McKinney. I, I I love to get your opinion on Bryant McKinney because Bryant McKinney told me, you know, man, I should be in the Hall of Fame. And I was like, oh, really? Yeah, I, I was thought you were a nice left tackle. And He was like, no, really, I just played in the same conference with Larry Allen, Willie Rowe, <laughs> and Walter Jones. And I'm like, yeah, that's right. And then I started looking him up, and I'm like, yeah, you were a two time Pro Bowler. And he goes, yeah, but I was an eight time alternate. <laughs> <laughs> so think about it and if he eight, didn't play
1: time alternate yeah, that's, if that he if
0: he didn't play in the same conference as orlando pace think about it there was always mm-hmm. orlando pace in front of him there was always walter jones in front of him yeah the only guy he escaped was was jonathan Ogden because he was in baltimore but there was always uh willie rofe in front of him larry yep. allen in front of him so brian mckinney kept, kept looking around like yeah, god but- damn i'll never make a pro bowl around here was
1: was Larry Allen really getting in front of him as a um, as a not as a tackle? I mean, he was he played tackle like one year basically, or maybe was two. It? I don't know, but yeah, I, I think he was he was always a left guard or or a, um, you know maybe a right guard some of those years. But let
0: me look him up because uh, I remember he played for a while at left tackle.
1: Nah, he you know, he he really only played the one year at left tackle.
0: All right, let me but but out. you know the
1: the big one the big one in that conference was the big 2 in that conference was always Orlando play Orlando Pace won Walter Jones too. You know, and it was just okay, there there's those two and yeah, now Willie Rofe, and, Willie Roof, and, yeah. and then and then Willie Roof used to used to claim that 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 second or that sorry, that third um with the New Orleans Saints. Um well, and know, yeah, Damn, you're right.
0: He started sixteen games in nineteen ninety eight out of necessity at left tackle. He made the Pro Bowl. Yeah, and he
1: yeah, was because <laughs> it was Mark 2 and was Mark 2 and uh, yes. on that he was injured or something, and yeah, um,
0: he got injured, I guess, in training camp, and then they moved Larry Allen to left. Yeah,
1: tackle. yeah, that's that. sounds right. Well, I'm uh, Mark 2 and ended up ended up retiring, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, he ended but... up retiring uh, before that, uh, right before that. So. Um, or, or maybe as a result of that, but I remember, yeah, Willie Rofe was was often that third mm-hmm. um, in that area, uh, and and so yeah, it was tough for Bryant McKinney, but I I still didn't, I just still never saw him as a Hall of Fame player caliber player.
0: Yeah. But. Well, it's going to be a hell of a Super Bowl weekend because we get to see Zach Thomas inducted in the Hall of Fame. As we get ready to see Dolphins Packers in Los Angeles, <laughs> is,
1: that, is, that, is that what we're going with? <laughs> I
0: think Dolphins Packers. <laughs> this I don't is know. The, this
1: is the preview. This is the the. Well, I, I thought, don't know. You think I, Dallas I, gets in ahead Simon of the Packers? Was, I thought Simon was supposed to be the drunk one here.
0: <laughs> uh, you think? Oh, so, so okay. So so you think I'm 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 out of my mind with this. So you think that Dallas is getting in ahead of of the Packers, or do you like the Cardinals?
1: it's definitely tampa bay still i mean oh really so
0: it's dolphins bucks nice
1: dolphins bucks i mean that's that's what we're getting we're getting a florida matchup
0: in la all right of course before we get there they gotta they gotta they gotta handle business this weekend we've got a playoff game this weekend basically
1: (laughs) yes yes we do and we've had we've had seven straight playoff games
0: (laughs) Yes, any single
1: have. one of those losses any single one of those games if it was a loss we're we're not in this position and we're not having any of these conversations about the playoffs. So we've had 7 straight playoff games already.
0: Yeah, it's uh it, it's something. I don't know if you saw did you see the Xavier Howard mic'd up um, from the Saints game? Not yet. I was I was watching
1: some other things. I was watching uh, Kurt Warner's um uh review of the a breakdown of the of the game.
0: Yeah, I don't know if you saw Chris Sims' breakdown, but his breakdown was that he hopes that Ryan Tannehill sticks it up our ass. Exactly in those I th- words.
1: I think Chris Sims
0: had a breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> I believe so. I- I'm not making this up, uh, dear listener. Chris Sims' breakdown of this game was we 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 were so awful to Ryan Tannehill that he hopes he sticks this game right up our ass this Sunday. In those words, exact words. <laughs> yep, basically. <laughs> Basically, that's exactly what he said. And he said nothing yep. against Tua or Tuanon, as he said. No, but- he he definitely had some things against Tuanon. <laughs> yes. He says that we treat Tua so much better than Ryan Tannehill. And that uh, he hopes that for Ryan Tannehill's sake, he sticks it right up our ass. You we, know what?
1: Me- that's such convenient memory. And I take issue with it because it's like, because... <sighs> Talk about living. Talk about being a prisoner of the moment, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. What What do we remember about Ryan Tannehill in Miami? Well, we a lot of people are probably remembering those last that last season or the last couple of seasons. Okay. Think about where Ryan Tannehill was at this stage of where Tuatunga-Vailoa is in in his career. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Ryan Tannehill had started all all of his rookie year, and and did you know for a rookie this is one of the reasons actually that we we talk about you know to actually had one of the better and i stick by that language better rookie mm-hmm. seasons um amongst rookie quarterbacks because rookie quarterbacks don't really do that well where ryan Tannehill had like a what like a 76 passer rating as a rookie and, and he was bad you know, he,
0: Let, let's uh, he, let's not parse words he was bad he was but bad but he was he
1: was he he handled himself he handled himself well as as a rookie like he uh, was, he's tall
0: good looking with a big arm <laughs>
1: No, I mean, I, I thought I I gave him some credit for what he did. I mean, they they still had a seven to nine record as as a as a rookie. He wasn't mm. puking all over. We've seen guys that come in and just I mean, we just saw a guy. We just played a guy who was not ready to play on any level. Ian Book, mm-hmm. um, last weekend he was not not ready to play at all in any facet of the game uh, on on that um, Monday night football game, and uh, and and. Ryan Tannehill was certainly not that. And we've seen that, you know, we saw when John Beck got out there, it was like, Holy shit. Wow. This is bad. Like this is damn, you know, cause, cause we're, some of us had high hopes from <laughs> like, like, yeah. damn, this is bad though. Um, <laughs> You know, Ryan Tannehill was not that as a rookie second year, he's improving. I mean, second year, second year, he threw for almost 4,000 yards mm-hmm. and like 24 touchdowns, 17 picks. I mean, I think I think the the fan base was still quite good on on Ryan Tannehill in his second year in 2013. I mean, they might not have been good on some of the other characters around the team, but um, but I think that uh, I think they were still very high on him um, in that second year. And this is this is Tua's second year. That's this is Tua's second year, and he's playing he's playing better than Ryan Tannehill virtually ever played for us.
0: You know, I'll tell you where the difference comes uh, last uh, Tannehill's last year here. OK, his last season here, remember, it was plagued by that shoulder injury. OK, mm-hmm. so maybe we're going to give him that excuse. But I'm not because the miracle of Miami, he played as good as as he's ever played here. And yeah. he flat out out dueled. Tom Brady, right to the end, when he completed that pass over the middle, and then we started at lateraling all over the field, and yeah, right. Kenyon Drake scored. He played great. What happened the following week in Minnesota and then Jacksonville? Two, yeah. not good. Minnesota was a playoff team, but they were they were a wild card team. Jacksonville was not very good. Period. They were coming off a, a good year, but they were terrible that year. And what did Ryan Tannehill do? He puked all over his shoes. To, to quote Simon Clancy. What I always remember about Ryan Tannehill is that his highs, his best play, was extremely high level, but his worst play was just games yeah, no. uh, short-circuiting or season-ending. Really, it it was yeah. his worst was pretty bad, and his best yeah, I mean, was I, I as good as it gets.
1: I didn't, I, I didn't even see his best as being all that great. To be honest,
0: hmm. I mean. I,
1: I don't know, just the way, just the way that I saw him, the way that I look at these guys, um, you know, every, every single play and, and in every single play, there's probably like four or five. um, There's four or five different points of execution to really look at. um, And every single play, and and you kind of, you kind of put it all together and you come up with a, 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 with a grade and, um, or just a general feel of how the guy did. And, and I always thought I always thought that there was um, there was just a very consistent, you know, very consistent level to me. I mean, his his games would be inconsistent, but the when you when you looked at closely more closely at the DNA, I thought it was a lot more consistent. And then it was just the circumstances that are the things that are constantly revolving and. Um, around him and i thought that he was consistently i thought he was consistently mediocre to above mediocre um and uh and and then you know sometimes sometimes a little bit below but it was just always the circumstances around him and and i know the new england patriots didn't really have that much respect for him um which is surprising to me that mike rabel is making so much hay with him um Mm -hmm. But anyway, yeah, it's I, I kind of always saw him as being consistent. His accuracy was always consistent, um, you know, and, and by consistent, I don't mean like keyhole accurate like like we're seeing now and, and with Tua, but I mean like that guy could throw consistently throw a football and get it to where he meant it to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so he was consistent that way. Uh, his pocket, his, you know, his pocket ability was consistent consistently i does this make sense consistently inconsistent like his his pocket his pocket presence and how he would handle the rush um there were always going to be problems there
0: yeah if and, there was a rattlesnake behind uh Ryan Tannehill in the pocket he would have stepped on it consistently like he's yeah basically like I mean, he didn't and, know and, where anybody was behind him or around him <laughs> and i think
1: i i think you know he was he was never like he could scramble, but um, I don't know. For some reason, uh, like the 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 image I have in his mind, the way he runs, he's so stiff when he runs. He runs like he's he, he runs like there's somebody behind him, like with a BB gun shooting pellets into his ass. <laughs> like he, like he that's how he that's how he runs. He's really stiff, and he runs so like he's running really...
0: with flip flops on.
1: It looks like he's running through a corn uh, cornfield naked, um, and I, you know I, I don't think I don't I don't think he's I don't consider him even though he I know he's fast. He played a wide receiver. Do you know that? Um, but and no, I didn't. And all didn't that know. like he I don't think he's elusive though. I don't I don't think he's elusive. Um, and so there was always there was always going to be a cap on what he can do. That way you could do some design runs with him, but then again you know he's not going to show elusiveness on those design runs. Uh, maybe he'll show some speed he might he might break the pocket and do something uh, but again it's not it's not elusiveness it's you know that take that out of the equation Um, so yeah the the result was there it's just it just felt like you knew what he was going to do in all these situations um, you know just based on the circumstances around him and sometimes the circumstances would be such that he's just you know boy, that was a really shitty game, you
0: know? Um, Yeah. I'll never forget that game in Cincinnati. Dolphins are rolling into Cincinnati and they're smoking the Bengals. And then he was just a one man gang imploding and giving away the lead by himself, essentially in the second half. You remember that game. I do. He started fumbling and throwing picks all over the place. And and I'm like, just stop it. Yeah. Just stop. (laughs) You know what I mean? And, and look, uh, I've offered this podcast a lot of in-depth analysis. I'm, so now I'm going to give you some stupid analysis. I always felt he was unlucky. And the guy that we have now, I don't know. Why does Tua make me feel warm and fuzzy? Is it just because he's around for all these wins? Like I always feel it like he's going to do be. something I mean, positive.
1: We talked about this earlier. I mean, there's, there's legit. I mean, if you count the games, that the Dolphins are like what 13 and six when he plays significantly. And when when he, when your team is 13 and 6 when a guy plays significantly um that's got to affect your psyche and and how you and how you're feeling about the guy you, you know no matter what part he's playing in it you know there's there was a warm even there was a little bit of warm and fuzzy even uh, maybe not for the fans but if, even with respect to uh Jay Fiedler, at least with the coaching staff because and mm-hmm. and why was it because they they knew they can win with him and, and so like, you know, there, that was, that was part of, that was part of how, how people felt good about it. I'm not saying Tua is Jay Fiedler, obviously, mm-hmm. but, um, but yeah, so there's, that's definitely a huge part of it. They're, the Dolphins are 13. We're, we've seen 13 wins when Tua is playing a significant amount of the game, like a half or more, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and we've only seen, we only really seen six losses when he, when he does that. Yeah. And so um, so I
0: yeah, there's certain amount of there's certain amount of conditioning. Well, finishing up on on Ryan Tannehill, he is having the worst season of his career. Agree? He's not doing well. <laughs> <laughs> like He's this not, is the type of season No, nah, I don't know. I don't I don't you I would think not that this is the type of season worst. that the Tennessee Titans look around and say, Man, look at how many wins we have. Look at our running game, look at our offensive line, look at our defense. You know what? Maybe we should be in on Deshaun Watson or something like that. Oh, I think absolutely.
1: I think absolutely the Tennessee Titans will be will be taking a look. We'll be taking a look at the. Uh, I mean, he's 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 going to be 34 next year. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's not he's not going to be playing forever. I don't think they ever. I don't. I mean, I know they signed him. They they signed him to an extension, but I don't think they were necessarily going to stay married to him for the next decade.
0: I think he has a year left on that extension.
1: Yeah. Well, that's, Hmm. you often see that, you often see that last, you often see that cut like one year shy of the the contract uh, Mm -hmm. or not cut, but like, you know part ways I'm not saying they will part ways with the next year but I wouldn't be surprised if they're going after somebody that strike me as like the perfect you know if you think about this class this quarterback class and now we're going to get in the quarterback class and I apologize Um, (laughs) but like if you think about this quarterback class it's it's a problematic class um, to be in a position of knowing you got to marry somebody right yeah Uh, if you are if you're if you're up at the top and you're like Okay, I got to put my name next to somebody, and I'm marrying him. And you know, so so who, who fuck? What am I gonna do? And um and and so you're like, okay, well we've got you know Carson Strong and uh, Matt Curl and Kenny Pickett, Malik Willis, Desmond Ritter, um, maybe ba- Bailey Zappi could be uh could be considered up in there. Um, some people will some. You know who, you I, know, saw you know who I saw today? You mileage may vary.
0: You know what I saw today, and I wanted to ask you about it. Uh, Is Brock Purdy good? No. Not NFL good. (laughs) There was a time where people thought he was,
1: right? Brock Purdy is the Benjamin Button of uh, college quarterbacks. He he's he started off he started off in his prime and then um, and then it's getting worse and then just regressed every single year. Like he every so year he was Peyton
0: Manning when he got recruited and now he's e- turned into Cleo Lemon. <laughs> every year he
1: gets a little more inexperienced somehow, um, and yes. and that's. And it's really time is working backwards on him. I don't know how, but, um, but yeah, I I think that you're looking at the the quarterbacks of this class and Malik up top to me, you got Malik Willis and Carson strong and a lot of people have Kenny Pickett, um, you know, even, even above those guys and Desmond Ritter. um, Also in there. Uh, But then, you know, we could talk a little bit about Bailey Zappi. I think he's, I think he's, legit i don't know if he's legit up there with the rest of those guys but he's he's legit um but anyway you don't want to marry any of those guys you really don't matt Quarrel is very slight you know for a guy that makes Mm -hmm. for a guy that makes um makes so much hay you know being a playmaker running around stuff like that you know he's this this dude you don't look at that frame you're like no i don't want and he got hurt this year too like it's Mm -hmm. like it's 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 costing him um and Carson Strong has the history with the knee, which is, you know, his his knee has been nuked by by injuries. Um you got Kenny Pickett, you know, is he exciting enough? Is he dynamic of a talent? Malik Willis clearly is a dynamic talent, but um, but he 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 had some issues down the stretch, you know, clearly, clearly has some uh some more to go as far as reading defense. I like that
0: Kenny Pickett uh, cre- uh invented. He invented the fake slide, which now. Yeah. And everybody. and
1: everybody fucking hates it now. <laughs>
0: yes. And
1: everybody has hated on this. And like, you know, Tua actually like won some people over because he barreled the guy over yeah. instead of doing that fake slide shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they like compared it to the fake slide. They ca- that's the most often whenever I see them talking about the Tua like truck stick play, it's just like fake slide. Fuck that fake slide. You know, like, sorry, excuse my uh, language. Um, But yeah, so, so, you know, I I think that Desmond Ritter is one of those guys too, that you, you might trust to come in and run your NFL offense, but his accuracy can be pretty, um, can be, uh, pretty up or down at times. And, uh, and I, Josh, Josh Allen did fine with that though. You know, it's sometimes it really is about your mechanics and that's, um, and that's important to note, um, but yeah, you don't want to marry any of these guys. But the Tennessee, getting back to the original point, like 30 minutes later, um, the Tennessee Titans are in perfect position to not have to marry any of these guys, right? Yeah, they 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 still got Titan Ryan Tannehill. They can play him next year. He's justifiable. He's playing. He's playing well. Well, he's only going to be 34 years old. Only, but um, he's he, and so they could say, well, you know what, Malik Willis fell into our laps. Let's see what we can do with him. Hmm. You know um or you know maybe desmond ritter falls into their laps let's see what they what we can do with them or maybe carson strong carson strong is a as a magician with the football in his hands I, I get the feeling that guy can do literally anything you know with that with that football um so yeah it's uh it's it's interesting that they're put in actually in a, a fairly good position uh the Tennessee Titans next year to do exactly that I don't think they have to get involved with Deshaun Watson or all that Mm
0: -hmm. and yeah and we're going to talk about it a lot more in in the offseason but yeah there's going to be so much movement this offseason uh there's a strong rumor going around that Matt Ryan is pretty much signed sealed and delivered to the Steelers so I don't know how you feel about that that's
1: a weird that's a weird one is that um does have anything? To, does Matt Canada have any history with Matt Ryan? Like, what's I believe
0: the, what's so. And not only that, but I believe Matt Ryan has history with with uh, with their coach. So, oh, with um, Tomlin, Mike Tomlin, with, does he? Does he? Yes, I believe they have. They share the same agent, or oh, okay, they're All friends right. of some of some sort. They do a charity together of some mm-hmm. sort. But yeah, that's okay. the heavy rumor is that that's something that could happen very early on in the off season.
1: Well, it would make sense, you know, and and I think I think just as a style fit, just as a style fit for Matt Canada's offense, mm-hmm. um, Matt Ryan seems like a really good style fit. I mean, if they're keeping Matt Canada, for all I know, they're fired. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Oh boy. So yeah. the guy does tend to lose jobs. He does tend to move on from jobs very quickly, like Matt Canada does um like within a year or two. Hmm. Always
0: wandering. Yeah. So anyways, they're they're playing the Titans this weekend. And the more I look at this team and I talked about it on on OnlyFans, man. Simon disagreed. I think the Dolphins are kind of tailor fit to win this type of game. Well it's you know lot,
1: Simon Simon did are we gonna do his prediction? Not yet. Uh, we're gonna, we're gonna okay. save, okay. We're we'll gonna save to Simon's prediction. I was gonna say Simon, to be fair, Simon has be been fair. completely
0: schizophrenic all all all, yeah. all week on this team. He to doesn't know fair. what to think of this team. I think he he I think he's like you know uh, like what was it when there's said I don't know what to do with my hands. Yeah, you know Simon's like I I think Simon doesn't know what to do with this team because I think he's afraid. That this team doesn't know what to do is. with a
1: seven seven game win streak. Yeah, I think he's afraid this do. team is none actually going to pull this off.
0: <laughs> you know what I mean?
1: Well, I mean, none of none of us know what to do with this seven game win streak. I mean, seven games like how significant? Yeah, it hasn't been great. We all can can admit that like it hasn't necessarily been a great slate of opponents. No, um, but who cares? It's still seven which in reminds a row. me, which reminds me so much of two thousand eight. Um, mm. but you know that that's. That's that. It is. It is what it is, man. The seven games in a row. You know, we we got the Arizona Cardinals losing to the Detroit Lions for oh, fuck's sake. You know,
0: yeah. Well, um, we have the Chargers getting their doors blown off by yeah, the Houston Texans. And exactly. by the way, and by the way, uh, for you Saints fans, that's that that all week are are getting back at me saying you you beat the half Saints. Um, half Saints. So what happened to the Chargers against the Texans? Did you know? Because you see that the media won't tell you these things. We look at the Texans and we're like, okay, that's a garbage team, so we don't care. Did you know that they had 22 guys on their COVID list this past week? The Chargers? Did? No, the the Texans. Oh, the Texans? Did? Yes. So And, and they so the threw Chargers the doors off the, the Chargers. The
1: Chargers. <laughs> the Chargers lost to the half Texans?
0: <laughs> yes, the Chargers lost to the half Texans. Okay. So, yeah, uh, Saints, um, you know, get on your team. Your defense played all right, but your offense was absolute garbage. You know, you did have all your skill players. You know, you didn't have and, an offensive line against the Bucks. You scored nine points. Okay, which honestly,
1: teams. honestly, and, and may I never utter this sentence again, but I think it was a mistake not to put Blake Bortles in.
0: I think so. I think Blake Bortles <laughs> maybe engineers a touchdown drive. Maybe I think I think Blake
1: Bortles in. could have engineered a touchdown. I mean, there's there was a serious problem with Eric Ian Book at one point like just any amount of pressure and he was just completely rattled and he wasn't even going to throw the ball away. Like you just, he was just, yeah, if you look the at the
0: Xavier Howard mic'd up, it's hilarious. Cause he's on the sideline and he's like, I got me one. And Nick Neum's like, what did you get? And he goes, I got five tackles. And Nick Neum's like, you need more, you need five more tackles. And he goes, no, I already got five tackles. <laughs> so all you see is everybody on the sidelines talking about what did you get so far oh i got a pick yeah it's it's the it's the ian book giveaway you know yeah so everybody everybody was started thinking about their 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 contracts and like you know what yeah i get a pick here you know what i mean i think it's like an extra 50 grand
1: i mean there was actually a point at which i was wondering if ian book was um not throwing the ball away uh because like he might be preserved. He might be trying to preserve his stats. Like uh, I, I, <laughs> yes. I got, I honestly got that feeling at one. I got this, this feel at one point in the game that I'm like, okay, this is getting, this is getting egregious. Like how you're not, you're just refusing to throw the ball away when, when you get into any, any amount of pressure. And um I kind of wonder, I mean, he's, he's, he's young. He's not very well drafted. He's trying to, I mean, this may be his team. This may not be his team. Somebody else is going to have to pick him up and having a bunch of incomplete, like having a sub 50% completion percentage could be damning to him or having, um, you know, I don't know, like, or or the interception, you know, having interceptions and whatnot. I mean, that's, I don't know. It made me think it made me
0: think. Yeah. he, He was, he was completely incompetent, but getting back to the Titans, They're ten and five, so theoretically they're good, right? And we know what they were when they had Derrick Henry, but ever since Derrick Henry's been been gone, they can't score. That's you know, I know that's not much analysis, but they just can't score. Have they cracked twenty points yet since since uh, Uh, Derrick Henry got injured? Let's let's take a gander. Let's let's uh, let's play that that game which is uh, is called. Reading the, the schedule, reading the schedule. Yeah, well, I, I know this. Um, I think they scored was, twenty
1: points the last game, right? Well, I, I know this though, uh, and, and I I happen to wonder if it had a little bit more to do with AJ Brown than Derrick Henry. Um, to be honest, uh, you know, if if you look at look at the time that AJ Brown missed and you know that's that's when things started to, to really go downhill um mm. and so i think uh for, that's when the offense particular went downhill and i think he came back a, in this game against the 49ers and this is this is a team that was playing pretty well the 49ers were and they got down and they came back and they won the damn game and um and aj brown was huge in that fucking game i mean he was he just took it over Mm-hmm. So yeah, ever I kinda, since I kind of wonder that was that might have been the thing, and now he's back.
0: Yeah, ever since Henry went down, they won their first game, twenty-eight to sixteen, against the the Rams in Los Angeles, yep. which which is a pretty impressive win. Until you start looking at the box score, and Tannehill threw for one hundred and forty-three yards, and their leading rusher was Foreman with twenty-nine yards. How the hell do you win a game that way? <laughs> <laughs> a pile of turnovers. That's how. <laughs> okay. Uh, After that, they scored 23 in a win against the Saints, and that was powered by Tannehill's 213 yards passing. Then they scored 13 and lost to Houston. They scored 13 and lost to New England. They scored 20 and beat Jacksonville. They scored 13 and lost to Pittsburgh. They scored 20 and beat the 49ers. And in that stretch... Tannehill's passing yardage is 143, 213, 323 in a bad loss to Houston. 93, 191, 153, 209. So it's a team effort. And one thing I will tell you is, is this. Do you have any idea how good that that run defense, the Titans run defense has been the last six games? No. They're giving it's up 60 yards a game. <laughs>
1: 60?
0: Yes. That seems
1: that seems a bit a bit uh... Low, right? I bet low. Yeah,
0: <laughs> like that. It's not promising, right? <laughs> to, to run no, against not, them.
1: not promising to try. And oh god, I have Duke. I have Duke. uh uh Shit, Fan- <laughs> I got to rethink my fantasy strategy.
0: <laughs> yes. So you look at the team, and I always like to wonder: uh How do they win? Why are they winning? Well, first of all, you know, are they winning is a, is a pretty good question because they are four and three since Henry got injured. So maybe. That's what they are. They're not, they're not the juggernaut that they're painted out to be at ten and five, since they have three of the five losses since Henry went down, and Henry is not playing this weekend. By the way, they're hoping that he'll be on the field practicing next week to play against the Houston Texans. Thank God for that. Exactly. Because they seem to be a different day, team. So, is it as simple? Because I, I heard somebody, uh, Donald did a show with uh, this guy who had. Uh, I keep forgetting his name. Gary Garber, I believe, is his his last name. And he's remarkably good, especially picking Dolphin games. And he was saying that Tennessee is just not as good a team as Miami without Henry. And he pointed to this 4-3 and record without Henry. Is it as simple as that? Are the Titans just not as good? And maybe we're we're quaking in our boots a little bit too much over this game?
1: No, I I don't think it's that simple. Um, I wish it were but i I don't actually believe so. Um, I think that you know if we're looking if we're looking at I mean they they ran for what they run for like 270 yards against the Patriots Yes like you know they they ran for 200 yards against the
0: Steelers and somehow they, they and um, somehow somehow they ran for 270 against the Patriots.
1: Yeah, and they got their doors blown Patriots. off
0: 36 yeah. 13 Oh, yeah, How is that possible? They, they the, but they
1: ran 270 yards against the Patriots, they ran 200 against the Steelers. They lost both those games, mm-hmm. all right. They lost both those games, only scored 13 points. Um, you know, who missed both of those games? AJ Brown, AJ Brown, AJ Brown missed the Patriots game, he missed the following Jags and Jags game, although they won that game. Um, and he missed the Steelers game, you know, both both these games, like if we're if we're we're thinking about games that have sort of formed our perception of what the Titans, you know, now are those two losses against the Patriots and the Steelers are were big in that, um, I think because they they beat the the Jags 20 to nothing. I mean, yes, they did lose to the Texans 13 to 22. And, um, and that's, you know, a hail of turnover turnovers, as you say, I, I think that let's, let's just pretend that we blotted out the time that AJ Brown missed. Like it's just, it's off. It's off the map. There's no new England game. There's no Jacksonville game. There's no Pittsburgh Steelers game. There's just uh, they lost to the Texans, freaky, freaky loss with five turnovers. And then they just beat the San Francisco 49ers who were a hot team heading into that game. Um, if we were to just blot that out, then I think we'd still be looking at them and being like, yeah, this is a tough team. Mm-hmm. And this is, this is a tough team that you don't want to play at in their house, you know, because you never want to play any tough team in their own house. Um, and, and I think that uh, I think that this is a tough team who who's, you know, who's going to be at home against us and that's not great um so this is this is. i don't think it's about derrick henry i think it was more about a.j brown and now a.j brown is back i'm really really worried about what he can do against certain guys in our secondary i'll be honest Mm. so we'll see
0: yeah julio jones is on the COVID list uh they don't know if he's going to play or not so that's an unknown uh a.j brown's question i suspect suspect not but
1: i mean that's you know yeah
0: and although if he plays like Let's face it, and I know people are going to say, oh, you know, you're jinxing us. No, Julio no. uh, Jones doesn't care what some guy on, on a Dolphins podcast says, okay? He's been yeah, shit this right. year. He's been he's been bad, okay? Julio Jones has not been Julio Jones this year. He's been a bad wide receiver in the NFL. Luckily, he's never going to hear you say that. Exactly. <laughs> well, who knows? Maybe, maybe he quotes me in the postgame press conference, yeah, and, that's right. and he dedicates the win to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, has uh, been
1: bad motherfucker?
0: Exactly. One thing I will say is this uh AJ Brown is gonna draw if they want, if the Dolphins want to have Xavier Howard travel with AJ Brown, they can. not Because they play him outside. They tend to not put him too much into the slot. So is that something that's gonna work in Miami's favor? And would you have Xavier Howard travel with AJ Brown? Is it time to start earning that contract? And possibly a future contract in March.
1: No, I think you open yourself up for more problems than it's worth when you uh, when you do that Um, with with Xavier Howard having him travel around. We get burned for it, you know. He's among the things that that Xavier Howard is is really good at. um, You know, he he just seems like almost this very pure cover corner that's like. Line him up to do what he wants to do, and tell him to do it, and 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 it works out really well. Mm-hmm. Start start confusing him by having him travel around the field, maybe go into the slot. Now he's got to look for. Now he's got to look out for guys that might be um that might be trying to run picks. Um, you know, having him having him move, having him having to communicate o- over much before the play. It just seems like that's where he screws up. And then, and then something else is going to show up like his totally lackluster effort on some of these tackles that we've seen, um, you know, especially, and which will especially show up when you're inside and you're traveling around with somebody now you're in the slot. Um, so I think it's more, I think it's more problems than it's worth to do that. And, uh, and I'd be surprised if Miami does do that, but then, you know, who knows, um, they'll, they'll probably just disagree with me completely. Um, yeah, I will say I don't. I don't know why, but AJ Brown did not practice uh, today. Um, you know, so keep an eye on that. Um, he has a
0: reputation. Uh, I, I've been reading a lot of Tennessee stuff. He has a reputation for, uh, you know, all week saying, you know, I'm 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 near death, I'm dying, and then he shows up oh, yeah. and he's and he's perfect. And then he shows up on game day, <laughs> which suggests to me that he's like a lot of NFL players that absolutely despise practice. Okay, in the practice <laughs> week. All right. Yeah. Like Ray Lewis used to say, you pay me for Monday through Saturday and I give you Sundays for free. <laughs> well, that, that makes sense. Um, I I see that they, you know,
1: Bud Dupree is on the COVID list. Are they I don't know if they're going to get him off. Um, yeah, Buster he hasn't been cleared yet. And he hasn't practiced Buster, yet, which is a
0: good sign, you know, for yeah. the Dolphins.
1: Buster Screen is a um, is a guy that uh, the Dolphins, you know, because he's going to he's a slot and and he's a starting slot
0: actually our
1: our most important offensive player probably at this point is jalen waddle and so um so seeing seeing what he and we've seen buster screen before you know he played for the jets all all that time and and Mm -hmm. i think that he's i think he's beatable um so we'll see what they can do there by the way i how did i never know that that janoris jenkins actually did change his name to jack rabbit
0: i didn't i did not i did not realize that that nobody nobody knows nobody nobody knows him as janoris jenkins everybody called him jack rabbit jenkins yeah i know but still like he legally changed
1: it It was like the ocho cinco thing like uh, somehow Mm -hmm. that went somehow that went over my head i didn't realize that he did that um but anyway um yeah, so we'll see. We'll see on the injury front. Bud Dupree and Buster Screen would be guys that I'm looking at, but Buster Screen probably for different reasons than than, um, than Bud Dupree. Um, so that'll be that'll be interesting. But uh, AJ Brown's going to be the key uh, on that to me in the, in this game. Like we're going to see, and I, this is what I worry about. This is my nightmare. Okay, Miami hits them with these zeros, right? Ryan Tannehill, um, when he's got a plan, he's pretty good. Like when he's, when he's got a plan, he's pretty good. He can execute. Uh, So we hit him with these zeros and it seems like the exact kind of player that you want in your back pocket when the other team is going to whip out these zero blitzes is, is an AJ Brown. Like that's, I want a, a, Big wide receiver, big, strong wide receiver that has quickness and and savvy and and knows what to do. And then um, I'm going to have my quarterback, you know, who isn't elusive, but he doesn't have to be elusive. So that's the, that's the, um, that's the ironic thing about the zero, uh, about the zero blitzing is you're not going to elude it. They're covering too many gaps. You know, everybody's like, oh, but what if he breaks contain or something like that? You're not going to, you're not, it's, it's dead. Forget that idea. Okay. But um, but having a guy who can, you know, kind of calmly a little bit more calmly back up by like that extra half second or so and then just deliver the football to a spot. Or, and know where to deliver it to and then having a guy with the savvy of, you know, A.J. Brown against um, against our corners who are who are tough to shake. Um, man, that's just. Hits one slant and then it's gone for 70 yards. That's what I'm worried about you
0: know um so we'll we'll see we'll see one thing i am thinking about is they do a lot of design passes to aj brown mm-hmm. man what if we we sniff one out what in film study this week and Xavier howard sits on it and Xavier Howard's known to talk about it they you've heard him on on a lot of these mic'd ups when he's talking about i'm going to give him the inside leverage so they throw this pass and then i'm just jumping it Because I know that that's where Xavier is really good at that. (laughs) Okay. So who knows if they sniff out, you know, in film study, Hey, look at this formation. Yeah. And one thing I did notice about it, and I did my own little film study of the, of the Titans, man, field side fields, field side in cuts to AJ Brown. It's a thing for them. Like they like the wide side of the field to work AJ Brown on, on these design passes. Good God, if we could sit on one, and take one to the house. That goes a long way to winning.
1: Well, that's a, that's one of the strengths of Miami's defense, though, is the the defensive players individually play with some high with some some high IQ, and mm. um, and that's what it takes. That's what it takes on these zeros to make it work. Is uh, is to it's not a, it's not just about you know kind of robotically doing. Um, there's an art to it. And, uh, and those guys are so good at it. It's, it's why it's working. I mean, they have Byron, they have Byron Jones and Xavier Howard. It's a big reason they're able to do this period. Um, but against AJ Brown, that, that makes me suspect because one broken tackle, you know, Mm -hmm. or or something like that, it's just like, Oh shit. Um, so I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little worried about that, but you know, Ryan Tannehill doesn't necessarily read the field the best he never has. Uh, He doesn't use the deep middle very well. Um, Doesn't use the shallow middle middle that well. Personally, I don't think. Other than that, he's great. (laughs) Well, no, I mean, but but I mean, there's there are weaknesses in him as a player, and um, and so you're right. Like they they very well might walk out of there with uh, having a multiple turnover game against him because um, because of those sorts of uh, sorts of weaknesses that he's
0: he's kind of always had. All right, moving off of the, the defense, and now back to and onto the offense against the Titans' defense. Uh, we talked about the their running stats. Uh, they're very good against the run. Okay, period. They're really, really good against the run, and and it's easy to see how they picked up Zach Cunningham and they're playing him. By the way, yep, yep. Okay, so the, they went out there and they saw a deficiency which means that Rashawn Evans is now a third down linebacker. He's not playing a lot on first and second down, which I was, it's, you know, sometimes you never really know, right? When you watch these other teams and you're not too familiar with them, you think that they're playing, that Rashawn Evans was actually playing very well for the Titans. Evidently, they were trying to replace them, Chris. So, So what do we know, right? Yeah, what do we know? Yeah, but I'll tell you one thing. Bud Dupree being out on the COVID list is huge. It's massive. Because he's extremely What's, important to their pass rush.
1: Was he? Was he really playing that well to begin with?
0: Well, they paid him a lot of money, and they, they did pay him a wide. lot of money. They, did they rush him wide, lot. week every single time. Like it, he rushes from one spot. That's important. We know who we have over there. Wide, week. Yeah. Okay, it's Liam Eikenberg. Okay, he's yeah, right. a he's a rookie, but uh, you know we don't necessarily trust him. All right, mm-hmm. so he's kind of important. But-
1: I think Landry is going to be a bigger um, key to the game for them. Harold Landry, um, pass rusher. He's going to be a big key to the game for them, uh, for the for the Tennessee Titans. If he, you know, because we know that Jesse Davis is, but the thing is Harold Landry also rushes from both sides. So, um, mm-hmm. but we know that Jesse Davis can be beaten, obviously. Uh, we know Liam, Liam Eichenberg can be beaten, Um but you know, sometimes also that the pass rushers that they face, they just you know just don't do that well that game for whatever reason. And um, if if Harold Landry has the block kind of game, mm-hmm. then I think that we're we might be in in decent shape. But Harold Landry could also have a, a much better than that kind of game against these uh, against these guys that we have on the outsides. And if he does, I think maybe we could have some problems. <laughs> That's just um, – I don't know. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, we'll see. But, um, but yeah, mm-hmm. I'm just thinking that he has the ability to be a problem. And then, then it's the Colts game. I mean, the, the Tennessee – the Titans-Colts game from earlier this year
0: um, all over again. Yeah. Now I'm thinking – you know, this could be a game where Tua throws the ball a lot to substitute the running game with his short passing game. They're gonna to have to be creative. I love that they're they're putting Waddle in the backfield. Like that's that's huge. It's well, he's it, spending
1: it, it, he's spending as much time on the outside as he is in the slot nowadays. Yeah. And yeah. um and so, and and now they're also moving them in the backfield and, you know, there's, they're, they're definitely going to be creative with them. You know what, you know what the dolphins snuck out there and I'd, I, it did not get by me. Um, and I wonder how many, how many people noticed it uh, in the last game is Tommy Lee Lewis mm-hmm. snuck him out there on offense in the game. And, um, and, and, I, I kind of wonder about that because because he can do some like think of him as like a as like a Jakeem Grant <laughs> with hand <laughs> you know t- kind of kind of player um, and obviously uh, I, we didn't we did not have we did not have Albert Wilson in this game right um, so no, no we so, did I not mean, but
0: he's expected back for so that's Tennessee that's game. one
1: reason that Tommy Lee Lewis gets out there for three snaps or whatever whatever yeah. he did and now he's out for um, the year <laughs> yeah, Tommy Lee Lewis yes. Hipping. yeah it was, so well i kind of I, I i think they want somebody to take a little bit off of Jalen waddle in some ways hmm. and there's been there's been little signs of it that they want you know and, and how they're using him and, and also how they're using um some other guys and what they're sneaking out there i don't know I, this could be the game it's like oh wait Jalen waddle is uh is He just, he just ran a streak down the sidelines and caught a 50 yard bomb, you know, Mm -hmm. like, like that's, that could, this could be that, that, that game when that happens. Um, I just getting a feeling that they're, they're trying to, they're trying to, um, to shift some things and get him more involved that way.
0: Yeah. I'd like to see uh, a Mike Kosecki sighting. He's been non-existent for weeks now. Like, you know, I like to see. I like to see him just grab a hold of a game and just dominate it. You know, uh, he's going to need it the targets has, to do it. But it has been, been a while. It's been a while since he's done it. You know, all right. On the way out here, before we do our predictions, uh, you agree with me? I asked uh, Simon this, and Simon says, "Yeah, it seems to look that way." Duke Johnson, Philip Lindsay, RB two, RB three next year, and then everybody else is pretty much on thin ice. You agree with me? you never really know in the off season when it,
1: when it comes up, you know, this, these guys get offers from somewhere. I still need more games of this, Mm. more games to show availability for them. I'd like to
0: see them throw the ball to Duke Johnson. Maybe this is the week, right? Right. This could be, this could be the
1: week where they, they bust that out. I could see that. I could definitely see them. And, and then particularly because that would, as I was saying, like, they need somebody to take some of the, some of the rules and maybe Albert Wilson, I, I don't know, but um, they need somebody to take some of those roles away um, that they're using Jalen Waddle for so much. And, um, and then when shake, you know, get Jalen in a different position in the, in the play structure um, to where he's, he's streaking down the field or something like that. Uh, and I think they have maybe the opportunity to do it. This could be a week where we see Duke Johnson catch some passes. Uh, I don't know if it's the week that we're going to see Mike Gesicki shake really shake loose and and dominate the game. I think that that's fast forward one week to the Patriots game, and and maybe that's more of his um, where you could see him have an impact um, if they're you know if they're smart enough to to go after it. But um, yeah, so I, I don't I don't think I see it this week for Gesicki, but who
0: knows. Yeah, favorite of mine is going to be on the outside for uh, for the Titans. Christian Fulton, uh, he's come along and he's come along pretty well. So we're going to get to see plenty of him. I would say Janoris Jenkins is going to draw a lot of DVP. Devontae Parker, uh, Fulton tends to play off on the on on the right side. So who knows if they're going to make him travel into the slot? I doubt it. He's physical enough to do it, but I doubt that they're going to put a, a rookie in there. You know what I mean? Uh, our second-year player in there. I doubt that that's that's who they're going to ask to to play Waddle. I think it's going to be more of a team effort. I would say.
1: Well, that's but that's it's it's not really a team effort. It's it's so much as what's Miami doing with them on this play, mm-hmm. and and so what Miami is doing with them on this play is sort of dictating what they can do or what 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 they're going to do against them. And we're starting to see a lot more a lot more bracketing of corner and safety um, taking away like his inside and outside. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, that it's just striking to me when I see that, it's like, okay, I think, I think there might be, I think there might be an opportunity out there for you to go vertical.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, were you aware of that stat of Philip Lindsay? Uh, four years in the NFL, he's uh, over 680 touches. And he's never fumbled. Did you know I that? I
1: was aware of that, and it is still amazing. <laughs> and he got to keep it intact, and I'm pretty grateful
0: that he got to keep it intact because Yeah, no, no. like oh, first of thought. all, first of all, first of all, who whoever did not see that he was down. His head, his down. shoulder. He got yeah. dumped on his head. Okay. Uh, yeah. Usually, when you see somebody get dumped on their head, and then the ball goes out, trust me, it was not a fumble. Yeah, he all was right? he was down. He was down. <laughs> <laughs> okay but then they put that stat up and I'm like good god I like them even more now <laughs> you know what I mean yeah so. I think
1: I th- the dolphins did the right thing in this game um I was a little bit surprised Duke uh didn't shake loose very although he had he had a nice truck stick run um yes, he did but uh you know I was a little surprised he didn't shake loose but it, it was still a good it was still a, a good defense and um And I think that uh, they did the right thing. I think they probably overused Gaskin a little, just a little bit much, but it seemed like they were mainly rolling with uh, Duke and Duke and Lindsay and Duke was struggling a little bit. So Lindsay was actually finding some open, um, you know, because he's such a good cutback runner. Um,
0: So we'll see, we'll see what he can, he can do there. Yeah, that will be something I think is somehow, you know, manufacture some type of running game this weekend uh, although i think they're gonna have to run it for show anyway i don't just, think
1: it's just this weekend i think it's for the rest of the you know including in the playoffs like this mm-hmm. is this is paramount they're gonna keep they're gonna keep trying for it because even if, if it's a they, fake running game the, the payoff is huge on schedule. well it's but but the payoff if if they're able to establish this and it's a i, re, I realize it's a big if but if they're able to establish this then I think that the payoff is really, is really so high that I mean they ran, they did run the ball twenty nine times against the um against the Saints, I, and I think that you know that's still doing some work one way or another. But the payoff would be so huge, um, you know e- even this year, like just against what against the Titans, against the Patriots, against. Uh, the bills if if we end up playing the bills in the first round of the playoffs, something like that it it's just man, they got it they gotta they gotta act like their life might depend on it because their their life might depend on it
0: mm-hmm. all right it's time to make a prediction. uh Simon gave me his prediction, and all week he was going back and forth back and forth, and it didn't sound like he was all too optimistic. He's predicting a Miami win now. All right. It might have something to do with the fact that he's pissed drunk right now. Well, he predicted it before he was declaring that he was going to get pissed drunk. So, okay. So it's pretty legitimate. I've gone back and forth on this as well. And then I just came to the real, you know, how, how they say that, you know, alcoholics have like a, a moment of clarity, not saying that I'm an alcoholic. I'm just saying I had a moment of clarity and I realized to myself I'm really going to be afraid of Ryan fucking Tannehill keeping my team out of the playoffs. Ryan Tannehill is really what is standing in between Miami and a date with the Patriots in week 18 at home to make the playoffs. Ryan Tannehill. No, I'm sorry. It doesn't work that way. At least not on this earth. Maybe on some other earth with or maybe eight weeks ago with Derrick Henry, it will work that way. It does not work that way this week. Okay. I'm not going to go out and predict that the Dolphins are just going to, you know, destroy the the Titans. I think it's going to be a rock fight. I've been waiting for Jason Sanders to play the hero. I think he plays the hero this time around. They win this game, 1916, behind a Jason Sanders field goal. What say you?
1: i'm gonna be i'm gonna be a stick in the mud here i'm gonna read you some off some some of the quarterbacks that okay so we've beaten these are the quarterbacks that we've beaten we've beaten mac jones we have beaten uh tarod taylor uh joe flacco um we've beaten cam newton we've beaten um uh mike glennon and zach wilson and now Ian book. And, and then we also took care of business against Lamar Jackson. Um, We've beaten those guys. We've lost to Josh Allen twice. We've lost to Derek Carr. We've lost to, um, to what's his name? Carson Wentz, uh, Tom Brady, of course, Trevor Lawrence um, and Matt Ryan. uh, And those are the guys that we've lost to which camp does Ryan Tannehill the legitimately belong in one versus the other. I think he looks a lot more like the guys that we've lost to than the guys that we've beaten. So I, and that I'm not, that's not decisive. I'm not saying this is decisive. I'm just saying it when you factor it all in. So I think that Ryan Tannehill himself is, could pose some problems for us because he can execute when in the face of danger, um, and, and he, when he knows where to go with the ball. And I think AJ Brown poses a problem for against, against us, uh, in those zeros. And so I think that the ultimately strong teams, like good, good football teams, winning teams, we are one of them now. We've just won seven in a row. We're one of them. Um, when they're at home, they're hard You know, that's, that's, that's just, that's football you know, and so the Tennessee Titans are at home. Miami Dolphins are not. I will remind everybody of this exact same thing the following week when the, Ten- when the New England Patriots travel down to Miami to play a team, a Miami team that has won seven of their last eight games and, uh, and is also at home. And everybody's like, you know, licking the Patriots nipples and, and saying that they're so awesome and they're just going to automatically win. And I will remind everybody then. Solid good football teams when they're at home, kind of hard to beat. So, this being on the road, I think it's unfortunate. I think we drop it 20 to 17, something like that, maybe even maybe more like 20 to 16. Um, and I, you know, it sucks, but uh, but that's that's just that's how I see it. That's how I see it going down.
0: Yeah, one thing I do see in the dolphins' favor is that there's no substitute for talent, and when talent is extremely focused. It's pretty damn good. And I think our defense is extremely talented. This is a very talented defense. I think it's gone beyond scheme. I think you just look at the players now and you, you take them one by one. They're stacked. Dolphins are they're very stacked.
1: confident in their scheme too. Like the okay. scheme has something to do with it.
0: Yeah. But you just look at it and it you take them him, going. Yeah. But you take them player for player and you're like, wow, this is a really talented football team. That defensive line. Jerome Baker, the secondary, the safeties, man, I think that they're going to look at Ryan Tannehill on the other side and they're going to say to themselves, this is the guy that's standing in our way. No, Uh, no, I don't think so. So I think they get a good performance. And I think this game is really going to boil down to our quarterback's not going to melt down and we're going to try to make yours melt down. And I think that's, (laughs) that's where the, the edge could come in. And I'm not, like I said, I'm not predicting a blowout. I'm predicting a rock fight that the dolphins end up on the right side of. And if they do, I think that history will be made the following week. I do not see new England beating Miami next week.
1: To be fair, um, Ryan Tannehill, I mean, you know, to take the, the devil's advocate for what I was just saying, um, his career passer rating against the new England Patriots, which is, you know, kind of, kind of our defense here uh is is only like in 83 um and you know he's not he doesn't have he doesn't have a strong record necessarily i mean he's four and eight versus the patriots obviously but um but he you know he's throwing 12 picks in 12 games um
0: so maybe yeah Do you think the Dolphins speed him up or slow him down they put guys into coverage or they send guys after him I don't,
1: I honestly, I do not know. Me I do not know if <laughs> they send guys, if they send guys after them, I will be, you know, drinking some Pepto, um, because I got, <laughs> yeah. I got bad, I got bad feelings about what AJ Brown can do in some of those situations, but maybe, I mean, that's, that's part of the the beauty and, and the awesomeness about the zero stuff that the dolphins use or overuse is like, um, it really is a leap of faith. Like it, it's going to give you heartburn every single game that you go in there thinking, okay, we're going to do this like 16 times in the game or something like that. You know, Um it's going to give you a heartburn. It really is a leap of faith. And so you're going to, you're going to sweat bullets uh, every single time you go into a game thinking
0: that you're going to do it, but um, it's, it's been working out. Yeah. All right. And try to enjoy the game. I know you're going to, you know, the heartburn is going to kick in somewhere around like 1245. 45. On Sunday. Okay. Uh, I know uh, the butterflies will be there. I kick off, but try to relax. Okay. You're not playing in this game. We're not playing in this game. They are playing in this game. And you have a pretty talented group going up against Ryan Tannehill and the Tennessee Titans. So try to enjoy it. If they win, we will have a pretty boisterous podcast the following day. All right. That's it. There is no more. Enjoy the game. We will talk to you on Monday.
1: Thanks for listening to 3 Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein,